Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now this week, we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we ended our last week talking about abortion. And we were talking about how the Senate blocked a bill on medical care for children born alive after an attempted abortion. So just last month, or end of February it is. The Senate voted to block consideration of a measure that would punish any doctor who fails to provide medical care to a child born alive after an attempted abortion. So the bill would require a healthcare practitioner to exercise the same degree of professional skill, care, and diligence to preserve the life and health of a child as he or she would to any other child born alive at the same gestational age. The bill includes criminal penalties, a right of civil action for an affected mother, and a mandatory reporting requirement for other health providers, and that bill was shot down. So, it seems like it's okay that if a mother goes in for an abortion, and the baby is born alive outside of the womb, no heroic measures will be taken. And I don't know how they would do it, inject the baby with something and kill it. I, I'm not sure. I have no idea either. I'm thinking it is a noble thing to introduce the bill, but I think the bill was just too broad 
for it to pass but I'm thinking it's it's like getting your foot in the door and I believe that they have to take into consideration the cost of uh, raising a child with special needs is exactly what happens because it's a botched abortion and basically who's going to bear the responsibility who's going to bear the financial responsibility but I'm thinking that maybe as they reintroduce the bill with uh, amendments that people will be more inclined to, to pass it you know maybe on a case-by-case -case basis but what gets me is that it's still going to entail having to make a decision as to what baby lives and what baby dies, depending on how severe the damage has, that is to the baby when when they try to abort it. I mean, it's just it's just so bizarre. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that's cruel. I think it's. Um, I, I I don't even know if they would ask tell the mother that the baby was born alive, and would she have an opportunity to to make a split decision in a you know. But, I mean, uh, to try to place a baby in a household that originally was trying to end his life, to me, is uh, it's kind of risky. It almost would be cruel to the child. Well, anyway, Maine's governor proposed a bill, permit, or is proposing a bill to permit nurses to perform abortions. So the Maine, Maine Democratic Governor Janet Mills proposed a bill recently that would allow for physician assistants and nurses to perform abortions saying such a law such a change in law is needed to broaden the access to reproductive health care bill ld1261 would allow for an advanced practice registered nurse or a physician assistant to perform abortions. Under the current main law, only doctors can perform abortions. And the law would increase the number of abortion clinics in that state from three to 18. Every woman in Maine should be able to access reproductive health care when she, and where she needs it, regardless of her zip code. And allowing advanced nurse practitioners and physician assistants to perform medication-administered abortions, which are already permitted in other states, will ensure that Maine women, especially in rural areas of our state, can access reproductive health care services. It's time to remedy this inequity that negatively impacts on too many Maine women, yes. said the governor. Right, having to bear the responsibility of bringing your child into the world and take the responsibility for raising the child because you did everything within whatever it, it can be constituted as common sense to get pregnant. It's just ignorant. So already, and I didn't know this, that there were eight states that already permit medical personnel other than a doctor to perform abortions. And those states are? Did they name They them? didn't name the oh, states. Okay. I don't know. Could be... We could be one of them. Could be. At the rate sin is rampant, you know. But anyway, on the flip side, I have this article that is absolutely ridiculous. A leading pro-life leader is criticizing House and Senate Democrats for promoting a bill that would protect kittens in research experiments from harm. 
which was days after they shot down this um, bill on medical care for children being born alive after an attempted abortion. So Senator Jeff Merkley, M-E-R-K-L-E-Y, he's a Democrat from Oregon and he introduced the Kittens in Traumatic Testing Ends Now Act on March 7th. And it would halt experiments in the United States in the U.S. Department of Agriculture that cause pain to kittens. Right. The fact that you do a USDA abortions that literally tear the limbs apart of a child. That's not painful, I guess. <laughs> so let me get this straight there. A kitten's life is more important than a human life. Kidney is more innocent than a child. And, and you want to hear something even more bizarre? It says since 1982, nearly 3,000 kittens have been used in research. Hoop to do. And yet we have millions of babies. <laughs> and what did we say last week? It was that are being discarded like mm -hmm. garbage. Wasn't it like 48 million babies discarded? It, yes. Mm -hmm. And the Kitten Act will protect these innocent animals from being needlessly euthanized in government testing and make sure that they can be adopted by loving families instead. So we're going to worry about a kitten making sure that they're adopted and a child we're going to just kill. Right. I don't know. Something's wrong with that. Tony Something's Perkins, wrong with this nation. Tony Perkins, who's president of the Family Research Council, noted uh, that... A bill that would require medical care for babies who survive abortion was shot down. It was known as the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. And he says, this is, this is ridiculous. Doesn't The word ridiculous doesn't even begin to describe a party that tells America to back away from the tables of crying newborns while it rushes to the rescue of kittens. Right. My goodness. I suppose, he said, we should tell firefighters when they run into a burning house to look for the pets first. Right, I guess so, you know, save the dog. <laughs> no, save that kitten, save that cat. Forget the grandpa, forget the grandma, forget the... Baby that's crying in the crib. Right. How many kittens survived? Right. <laughs> anyway, here's another bizarre article, and it has to do with cannibal cat experiments. Ugh. USDA carried out cannibal cat experiments. The government scientists have fed dog remains to cats, Isn't injected cat remains into mice, and conducted other experiments on animals. So much so that one member of Congress says, we need to end it now. Yes, because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the White Coat Waste Project, a nonprofit watchdog, nonprofit watchdog group, drew the information from USDA publications for reported plans to give to Congress. NBC you can do a Street. lot more with that money besides feeding dead cat meat to mice. That's just ignorant. The group found the experiments to be pointless. It's crazy, right. a former USDA scientist said. Cannibal cats, cats eating dogs, I don't see the logic. There is none. And what they should do is go through all these programs and in the uh, grants to the ones that absolutely make no sense and, and is basically going nowhere. Yeah, you can use some of that money to uh, rebuild uh, 
our roads and all these potholes. Oh right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bridges. And if, and, if, and if Trump needs to siphon off some money, go there. Instead of trying to take the money from Puerto Rico, take it from people who are trying to make zombie mice. That doesn't make any sense. So uh, experiments, one experiment was where, in which the cats were intentionally infected with a parasite called T. Gandhi. And that parasite causes toxoplasmosis, and it kills the cats. You think? So, so <laughs> I, I don't know crazy. what they, what, what, I mean, so. Well, now, they, here's a, here's, now, that should upset that one particular Democrat who was, who was talking about how kittens were being used in experiments in agriculture. He should be jumping up and foaming at the mouth at this because they're, <laughs> they're deliberately poisoning cats so they could feed them to mice. <laughs> Injected cat remains into mice. Yeah, First, they, they have to eat dog remains, <laughs> and then they get injected, and then they get fed to the mice. So they want to kill them all. They want to keep them alive on one end, then kill them on the next end for experimentation. Right. Exactly. Uh, yes. I don't know. Well, anyway, they're going to try to stop that too. And End they need now. to. Right. Anyway, someone told me about this, and. Um, I didn't hear about it, so I had to do some research. And this person was telling me that in New York, they were allowing abortion right up to birth. Wow. And so when I did this research, I did not realize that it was just not only New York. I guess seven other states allow already allow abortion up to birth. So the seven and now eight states that have no gestational limits on abortion are Alaska, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, and Vermont, along with Washington, D.C. Right. And despite abortion up to the time of birth being legal in several states, the nation's capital and the nation's capital, there are only five clinics nationwide that perform late-term abortions. Two are in states that allow abortions up to birth, and three are in states that prohibit late-term abortion, but allows exemptions. And those three are California, Maryland, and Ohio. So, that is terrible. Yes, it is. It, 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 it's a shame. And there has to be a certain type of spirit that hangs over those states, especially on the East Coast. It has to be a certain type. They always uh, they always present California as being so liberal and so out of control. But New York and Vermont and, and Oregon, too, I was surprised. But there are a number of things that have happened in Oregon that prove that they're just... They're worse than, than California. They can't say anything about California, as far as I'm concerned. And so now we have these people who are supposed to be our leaders, as far as uh, laws and progressive thinking, passing such ridiculous so laws. He, so here, New York isn't the only, I mean, New York didn't only pass this law where you could uh, allow abortion up to birth. They also said that abortion may be performed by a licensed, certified, or authorized practitioner. Full term? Within 24 weeks from the commencement of pregnancy, 
So this allows healthcare practitioners who are not doctors to perform abortions. This is what we were talking about just a minute ago. And um, there's this group called Operation Rescue, and President Troy Newman likened the law to having a phlebotomist take out your gallbladder. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess so it's like you don't need a doctor. So someone who draws your blood, they can just cut you open and take out your gallbladder. And, and right, so it's, it's, it's like nuts. he feels like a nurse, a regular nurse, someone who is not a doctor, can perform an abortion. I mean, that just kind of makes your eyes open up when you look at it in the way he said it. Right. You know, have a phlebotomist take out your gallbladder. Right. There is no way a non-physician would be qualified to conduct a third trimester abortion. Third trimester abortions require specific training, and even then they are far from safe. If unqualified non-physicians try to do third trimester abortions, there is no doubt that even more women will die. And I can't believe that insurance companies would, would actually okay this. I can't, I can't even picture an insurance company telling a nurse practitioner or just a nurse or something, I don't care how advanced, uh, go ahead. You know, and this is so ironic because... A couple months ago or so, we were talking on the radio program about this guy called, his name is Kermit Gosnell, G-O-S-N-E-L-L. They made a movie about him. And he's right now in prison for performing late-term abortions. And now they're trying to make it legal. Can so you are they going to make it? Yeah, right. So now they're are gonna they going to commute his sentence? I hope not because he's a murderer. But the fact is that our laws and our way of thinking is so contradictory we have we have no set standard because we have no godly standard now if we if we actually acknowledge the lord we wouldn't even have to have this discussion it would be a no-brainer so it could be today just it's against the like law that. to do something tomorrow it, it's, it's perfectly legal but it's not retroactive <laughs> but we're not going to get the guys out of prison who did it you know all right, all right. Oh, anyway, this is crazy. This world is terribly confused and upside down. I want to start a topic here, but I don't think that we're going to be able to finish it. And it comes, uh, I got an email from someone who, who was saying that they want a mystery passage explained. And the mystery passage is found in Luke chapter 13, starting at verse 31 to 33 and this person says we know that king herod the first tried to kill christ when christ was a baby we know that pontius pilate not wanting to be involved in judging christ sent christ to be tried by herod the second but christ refused to speak to him so in luke chapter 13 verses 31 to 33 christ is talking about herod the second and he says he would like to find out what this means. Yes, Luke chapter 13, verse 31 through 33 reads, The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow 
and the day following. For it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. So, there you have it. Right. And I think what the first would have to do, they would have to actually go back to like uh, chapter 12. Because the Lord was going through and he was teaching the people. And he had riled up the Pharisees' soul with his teaching that... Uh, like at the, at the last part of the 11th chapter, it talks about how the Pharisees were trying to provoke the Lord, and they would try to get him into arguments, and they would attack him vehemently, and, and you know, they would come up with subjects and many things just trying to provoke him, and then they, while they were doing this, they were laying wait for the Lord, and they were seeking a time so they could catch him in something that he would say so that they could accuse him. Now, that's the atmosphere that was in. So, while they were doing this, it says, in the meantime, while they were trying to figure out a way to bring about his downfall, he was going throughout the, the, the land and where they were gathered together in multitudes to hear him. And it said, it's so much that the people were actually uh, trotting down one another. You know, how a person falls or whatever mm -hmm. in the crowd. People were getting, uh, it was like a stampede. They were getting walked on. And so he began by saying, in the meantime, while they were doing this, he said, behold, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. That's their leaven. You know, the hypocrites, and it'll spread if you're not careful. So all during this time, there were teachings that the Lord was giving to the people. And he talked about repentance. And he talked about how a person has to give up when they're following the Lord. He talked about certain things that the, that they just could not stand it. So the first time when the Lord began teaching, there were some people who were present, and they talked and they told him about trying to scare the Lord. This is basically what they were doing. They told him, "Well, you know, uh, remember when Pilate? Because Pilate, though he washed his hands, he was not an innocent man." He said, you remember when Pilate uh, uh, took the Galileans and he, he mingled their blood uh, with the sacrifices? That was the first time they were trying to instill fear. And Jesus said, well, <laughs> he probably did. But he wasn't concerned with Pilate. He took that opportunity to let them know the way to salvation. He said, do you think, he, he said, do you think that the Galileans were, were the chiefest of sinners? said so do you think that they were that bad he said no he said but except a person repent he said you're going to perish except you recognize the truth accept the truth accept the fact that you're that you're wrong and that you need to humble yourself before god and that you need to let the lord direct your steps it doesn't matter how you view yourself as being not the chiefest of sinners you're going to likewise perish he said do you think that the people who died, there were 18 souls that the Tower of Siloam fell on. He said, do you think that they were the chiefest of sinners? He said, no. He said, but uh, except you repent, he said, you're going to perish. So he was teaching these things, and they, they got upset with him. And so he began to tell them about having to repent and how if a person fruit doesn't show if a if a person is just taking up space it's like why leave a person here to just take up space yeah and yet the lord he he 
seeks to reach us. He attempts to to reach out to us so that we could have a chance at life. The Lord uh, was digging around the tree, and the master of the house wanted to cut it down, and the servant said, you know, let me tend to it. You know, let me do it. Then if it doesn't bring forth fruit, you know, then we can cut it down. And then on the Sabbath day, there was, this is all leading up to them making the statement that on the Sabbath day, a woman who was bound for 18 years, and this is what people say, oh, I don't know why the Lord allowed her to be bound, but he said she was bound by Satan. Well, she was... Uh Bowed together. You know, like, I mean, humped over? Is yeah, that... I believe, yeah. I believe that she, and so she couldn't straighten up. So the Lord says, Satan had, whom Satan hath bound, he said, these 18 years. And the Lord spoke to her on a Sabbath day and told her to be loosed. And he's looking at the hypocrisy of the people. You see this miracle? And this is what the ruler of the synagogue said. You know, you <laughs> With indignation. It's just like he didn't look at the woman and had no love, no compassion, no feeling for this person who was once bound, was now free. So I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Because this is more than what we can accomplish for this program. So next week we will continue. I think you were reading um, in 13. Right. And... Um, Right, I was reading to the events that led up to... Chapter 13, and what verse was that about the woman that was bowed? Uh, I believe it was um, somewhere around the 11th verse. Okay. So that's where we'll pick up, and then we'll have an answer for the rest right. of the verses 31 to 33. Okay. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Ezekiel 36 and 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Now ain't God all right? God, God is, is all, all right. right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, What do you get with much wisdom, and what do you get when you increase knowledge? And the answer is grief and sorrow. The answer can be found in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18, which reads, For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. This week's food for thought is, what is another name for the feast of unleavened bread? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.